Section 31 of the Underground Railroad, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Underground Railroad, Part 1, by William Still. Section 31. William Jordan, alias William Price. Under Governor Badger of North Carolina, William had experienced slavery in its most hateful form. True, he had only been twelve months under the yoke of this high functionary, but William's experience in this short space of time was of a nature very painful. Previous to coming into the governor's hands, William was held as the property of Mrs. Mary Jordan, who owned large numbers of slaves. Whether the governor was moved by this consideration, or by the fascinating charms of Mrs. Jordan, or both, William was not able to decide. But the governor offered her his hand, and they became united in wedlock. By this circumstance, William was brought into his unhappy relations with the chief magistrate of the state of North Carolina. This was the third time the governor had been married. Thus it may be seen that the governor was a firm believer in wives as well as slaves. Commonly he was regarded as a man of wealth. William, being an intelligent piece of property, his knowledge of the governor's rules and customs was quite complete, as he readily answered such questions as were propounded to him. In this way a great amount of interesting information was learned from William respecting the governor, slaves, on the plantation, in the swamps, etc. The governor owned large plantations, and was interested in raising cotton, corn, and peas, and was also a practical planter. He was willing to trust neither overseers nor slaves any further than he could help. The governor and his wife were both equally severe towards them, would stint them shamefully in clothing and food, though they did not get flogged quite as often as some others on neighboring plantations. Frequently the governor would be out on the plantation from early in the morning till noon, inspecting the operations of the overseers and slaves. In order to serve the governor, William had been separated from his wife by sale, which was the cause of his escape. He parted not with his companion willingly. At the time, however, he was promised that he should have some favor shown him, could make overwork and earn a little money, and once or twice in the year have the opportunity of making visits to her. Two hundred miles was the distance between them. He had not been long in the governor's plantation before his honor gave him distinctly to understand that the idea of his going two hundred miles to see his wife was all nonsense, and entirely out of the question. If I said so, I did not mean it, said his honor, when the slave, on a certain occasion, alluded to the conditions on which he consented to leave home, etc. Against this cruel decision of the governor, William's heart revolted, for he was warmly attached to his wife, and so he made up his mind, if he could not see her, once or twice a year even, as he had been promised, he had rather die, or live in a cave in the wood, than to remain all his life under the governor's yoke. Obeying the dictates of his feelings, he went to the woods, for ten months before he was successful in finding the underground road this brave-hearted young fugitive abode in the swamps three months in a cave surrounded with bears wild cats rattlesnakes and the like while in the swamps and cave he was not troubled however about ferocious animals and venomous reptiles he feared only man from his own story there was no escaping the conclusion that if the choice had been left to him he would have preferred at any time to have encountered at the mouth of his cave a ferocious bear than his master, the governor of North Carolina. How he managed to subsist and ultimately effected his escape, 
was listened to with the deepest interest though the recital of these incidents must here be very brief after night he would come out of his cave and in some instances would succeed in making his way to a plantation and if he could get nothing else he would help himself to a pig or anything else he could conveniently convert into food also as opportunity would offer a friend of his would favor him with some meal etc with this mode of living he labored to content himself until he could do better during these ten months he suffered indescribable hardships but he felt that his condition in the cave was far preferable to that on the plantation under the control of his excellency the governor all this time however william had a true friend with whom he could communicate one who was wide awake and was on the alert to find a reliable captain from the north who would consent to take this property or freight for a consideration he heard at last of a certain captain who was then doing quite a successful business in an underground way this good news was conveyed to william and afforded him a ray of hope in the wilderness as providence would have it his hope did not meet with disappointment nor did his ten months trial warring against the barbarism of slavery seem too great to endure for freedom he was about to leave his cave and his animal and reptile neighbors his heart swelling with gladness but the thought of soon being beyond the reach of his mistress and master thrilled him with inexpressible delight he was brought away by captain f and turned over to the committee who were made to rejoice with him over the signal victory he had gained in his martyr-like endeavors to throw off the yoke and of course they took much pleasure in aiding him william was of a dark color stout made physically and well knew the value of freedom and how to hate and combat slavery it will be seen by the appended letter of thomas garrett that william had the good luck to fall into the hands of this tried friend by whom he was aided to philadelphia wilmington twelfth month nineteenth eighteen fifty five dear friend william still the bearer of this is one of the twenty-one that i thought had all gone north he left home on christmas day one year since wandered about the forests of north carolina for about ten months and then came here with those forwarded to new bedford where he is anxious to go i have furnished him with a pretty good pair of boots and gave him money to pay his passage to philadelphia he has been at work in the country near here for some three weeks till taken sick he is by no means well but thinks he had better try to get farther north which i hope his friends in philadelphia will aid him to do i handed this morning captain lampson's wife twenty dollars to help fee a lawyer to defend him footnote captain lampson had been suspected of having aided in the escape of slaves from the neighborhood of norfolk and was in prison awaiting his trial End footnote. she leaves this morning with her child for norfolk to be at the trial before the commissioner on the twenty-fourth instant passmore williamson agreed to raise fifty dollars for him as none came to hand and a good chance to send it by his wife i thought best to advance that much thy friend thomas garrett End of section 31. Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Ritchie, Florida.